Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. If there if there's another issue that I have seen right now in our nation, it is the war of the mind. Who here has had a mind that's been assaulted sometime in the last three months? <laughs> last three minutes. Awesome. <laughs> no, the, the thing is, is what are some of the ways that are, what is the manifestation in your mind that your mind is assaulted? What does it look like in your mind when it's assaulted? Confusion, destruction, fear, scattered, racing thoughts, what? Apathy, rage, fog, sleeplessness, worry, offense, sadness, come on, self-protection, unspoken, come on, everybody's like, yeah, isolation, come on, what's that, anxiety, disappointment, isolation, man, it is crazy that you guys know so much about this, thank you for coming prepared, that was so gracious of you, some of you are up all night preparing for this time, that's such, wow, Taking one for the team. The thing is, is there's this amazing verse. Every time that I end up in a very bad place, which is more often than, let's just, be, can we be real? Is that okay? You know what? Everybody smiles, but everybody has hard times. Everybody has struggles. Why? Paul puts it this way. There is no trial or temptation or struggle that has taken you, but as such as common to everybody else. But anybody here feel like it's only me? Everybody else is hyper-spiritual. Everybody else, like, they probably levitate. You know, they probably walk on water in the bathtub. I don't know what's wrong with me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But the reality is, in that moment, nobody, that such is common to everybody else, but that in the middle of it, God will make a way of escape. But do you know the problem with the way of escape? You have to take it. Anybody here not taking that exit ramp? Just kept right on going? No, there's a really good reason why my brain is... Um, anybody here tried to process your way out of depression? So why am I so depressed? Oh, man. Oh, let me tell you. Right? Anybody had that conversation with the devil? You know what I mean? He's like, I can give you 43 reasons why you should hate yourself. Not a problem. I'm here for you. <laughs> I mean, apparently you've had these conversations. So, so the thing is, is how? So if we cannot, uh, Paul tells us in uh, Romans chapter 12, he says that it's the renewing of our mind that will allow us to approve, display, manifest the will of God. Anybody know that the will of God for you is a little bit better than yours? Anybody? No? No? Anybody tried your will for a while and you're like ready for an upgrade? Okay, so, but the only way we can is if our mind is renewed and it's not those kind of thoughts we just talked about, right? But anybody here been stuck in that place? Yeah? And tried to dig your way out? <laughs> no, and, and so what we're gonna talk today is we're gonna watch some stuff here with Paul because Paul gives us some really clear ways to take 
every thought captive. Anybody, anybody need to take some thoughts captive? Anybody here, you didn't take them captive, but you put them on a chain and so there's a burned out zone in a circle? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody here, you like, you're like, I know it's a bad thought, but I want to take it for a walk. Because <laughs> it feels true and it feels justified. Okay, there we go. Moving right along. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Break open your Bibles. Don't worry, I'll try not to make eye contact. <laughs> chapter 10, verse 3. Paul says this thing, though we live in the world, though we live in the world, what is he saying? He says, I get it, I get it. I get it. I get that we're surrounded by stimuli, stimuli. We're surrounded by things that trigger us. I realize you have relationships. I get it. Though we live in the world, what he really did is he took away all our excuses. That's awkward. Meanie, yeah. Yeah. Anybody, yeah, because the reality is if we have excuses, we'll never get what God has for us. His blood is above all. All right, for though we live in the world, we don't wage war the way the world does. How does the world wage war? Pettiness, Pettiness specifically in the area of our thoughts. How does the world wage war? Medication, Medication? Psychology. persuasion, psychology, alcohol, support groups, positive thinking, meditation, peer pressure. All right, so here's the deal. The world tries to do this. The way it manages it is with a volume control. They either turn it up or they turn it off. You tracking with me? You either make stuff so loud in your life that it blares out everything else or you turn it all the way down. Anybody found you can't make it loud enough? Long enough? Anybody found that even if you disconnect the speakers, they still work? <laughs> This is the deal, is no amount of, anybody here tried to, by repeating scripture verses, drive out darkness out of your heart and it not work? You know what I'm talking about? There's no further. I remember this. I did this once with, with us. There, there is therefore now no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, there is therefore no, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Oops, still got it. There is therefore no. I'm sorry, are we getting too real? My apologies. <laughs> so why? So the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. So here's the deal about repentance. Repentance means turn from and turn to. So he's saying, let go of your means of... So, um, so some of us, I'm not going to name... Okay, some of us... When you're struggling with anxious thoughts, you go to Facebook, which really helps. Some of you go to Instagram. That also is extremely helpful. Some go to Netflix. Some go to whatever it is. It doesn't matter. We all have coping mechanisms. What he's saying, though, is unless we turn from our coping mechanism, we can't receive something new. Right. <sighs> Scary place to be. 
The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, we have divine power. Why on the contrary? Because those are powerless. You have to admit they're powerless to be able to receive divine power. These are powerful. They have divine, God-given power, not power in and of ourselves, power that's connected into God, divine power to do what? Demolish strongholds. Stay with me. When you and I are freaking out, what do we want? It to stop. We want freedom, but we really just want peace right now. We're not really interested in strongholds, right? We just want it to, like, if they could just duct tape the stronghold over so nobody would come out of the stronghold, we'd be okay. Right? You know, just kind of like, you know, seal it shut. God doesn't want to seal shut strongholds. He wants to take back the territory. He is not satisfied with letting us live. I I remember I had this encounter with God, um, and uh, my heart was completely gripped at that point with unforgiveness and judgment. Who are my people? Awesome. And in this moment, he showed me my heart, and it was, I was in this closet, this, and I was down, you know, it was like the dirty bulb hanging, and I was like, I was like but I'd made the closet nice. And then he goes, come on out. And I was like, no. And I opened the door and I realized I'm on the end of a corridor that stretches really long. And I realized this closet is in a huge mansion. And he said, Peter, this closet is the only part of your heart you're living in. All the rest you've given over to strongholds. Now, at that point, I can be really depressed or in despair or I can be really hopeful. Because he's showing me, I'd been doing well in a little tiny closet, I thought. Not so well. (laughs) But there's so much more out there. But in order for me to get the real estate of my heart back, I have to take the stronghold. To demolish strongholds. He doesn't want them on a chain. He wants to destroy them. So that they can never torment you again. That's the promise of Jesus. Jesus is not about, uh, he's not about medicating you. He's not about you getting by. He's getting you delivered. We demolish what? Strongholds. But then he says, what do those strongholds look like? We demolish arguments. Who here's argued with the devil? Today. (laughs) No, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know when you're having an argument with the devil. By the way, they call him the accuser. Other word is prosecutor. Isn't he good at his job? He's like, he comes, you know, with the files, you know? And he's like, if we look back to September 31st, you will notice that the defendant, right? (laughs) He obviously, (laughs) you are my people. All right. That may not be a compliment to y'all, but anyway. All right. We demolish arguments. Here's the deal. You will never win an argument with the devil because Jesus already did. Don't refight the battle that only Jesus can win. He speaks a better word. Let him be called to the stand. Don't you. You will incriminate yourself. (laughs) Yeah, plead the fifth. There we go. And (laughs) plead the fifth and the blood and all of that. All right. Demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. 
once again, the devil always wants to argue. Remember what he did with Jesus. He said, he, Jesus goes, uh, Jesus is out there and he gives him, he gives him a scripture verse, right? He raises up a scripture verse. This should be good. Has it not been written? And Jesus goes, no, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm returning to God what he said. If you are the son of God, what is he doing? God just gave the word to Jesus. You are the son of God in whom I'm well pleased. And he said, if you're really the son of God, prove it. That setting itself up against the revelation of God, what God has said. If you're going to get prophetic words and walk them out, they will be tested. And we're going to see that in just a second. We demolish arguments in every pretension. We demolish. We do not party with. We don't argue with. We don't talk with. Anybody here, you know, somebody needed encouragement and you went to encourage them and by the end they did convince you that they were going to die. Anybody been there? Like, and you're with them. You're probably going to die too. Like, I don't even, it's not catching even. I don't know what it is, but it's going to kill us all. Right? They, they not only did, were no argument, but I want you to know this is who demolishes we through his divine power who it's an inside job nobody can destroy those strongholds for you jesus you are not a victim but you're also not a marionette you are a partner you are the bride of christ you're a partner with Jesus. Jesus doesn't want to do it with you. He wants to empower you to destroy the strongholds of the devil. But as long as we're expecting someone else to deliver us, there is one deliverer and he's giving us his power. <sighs> Through, he said, we destroy everything that sets itself up against the knowledge, against knowing God. So here's the thing, against the knowledge. Knowledge is not information. You need to just get this down. Knowledge in the Bible is this word gnosis. And gnosis is not is experiential relational knowledge. Like Adam knew Eve. He didn't just know her first name. He knew her. And out of that came kids. Okay, just nod if you're with me. I'm trying to keep this PG. We demolish, he said, through the knowledge of God. So here's the deal. If you are not knowing God, you have reason to doubt that you have a clue. Stay with me. If you're not experientially knowing God in a moment, you should be doubting that you are understanding things correctly. Okay. This is where it gets tricky. I'm going to try to be theoretical. I'm, I'm going to use myself. I'm going to find something, but I don't want to out your stuff. Everybody close your eyes. No. Um, okay. So, no, I, I'll, I'll do, I can do me very easily with this. Um, Masha can testify to this. I have a spiritual gift of discernment that I can discern what's wrong with everybody else. It's a gift, I know. Unfortunately to Masha, it's a curse. <laughs> because there were times I would be talking with Masha and I'm like, you know what the problem is? And I watched Masha. In the past, she would go to hell with me. 
Now I just watch her. It's like, you ever been in an elevator and the doors didn't close? And I'm just going down and she's still standing up there. <laughs> you know, that, she doesn't go to hell with me anymore. But that, but that only makes me try harder sometimes. <laughs> Grappling hooks. If I am not knowing him, I should be highly suspicious of the thoughts that are in my head. Especially if they don't bear the fruit of the Spirit. Because that's the sign you're knowing him. Can I jump in with something real quick? <laughs> don't hurt me! <laughs> oh my goodness. So First of all, is that true, what I said? Well, just a little bit. <laughs> Grace in action. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, we forgive and forget, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. So I don't even remember. <laughs> I'm getting better. I'm getting better by faith. Um, but you know, uh, we talked about how the devil is the, the voice of the accuser, right? So anytime you hear accusation, even if it's uh, shrouded in this evidence. evidence of God's whatever, judgment, you know, there's been so many prophetic words that sounded like accusation in this past season, right? If there is accusation in your prophetic word, if there is judgment, you're playing for the other team. Because but what it's, if it's true? <laughs> well, the devil never comes just with um, pure, lies. pure lies. There is always an element of truth. But the accusation, if you sense, if you taste it, I can taste it. I can taste that stuff. You know, do you taste stuff in the spirit? If there is accusation, if there is fear, if there is like, you can, you, I can, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can, I can taste the brainwashing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've been brainwashed in the Soviet Union, so like I can taste it. Like I know that spirit. <laughs> Come on. So it's like, if there is accusation, if there is judgment, who is it? Is it Jesus? A lot of people will want to say it's Jesus. No. Not Jesus. No. <laughs> it's the accuser. Right? Anytime there is an argument in your head accusing someone and, and you're like, wow, the Lord is revealing to me their true heart. I no. <laughs> it's not happening. You are partnering with the accuser. I don't think she's clear enough. <laughs> Here's I'm the so, deal, though. I'm so sorry to take away our excuse, right? <laughs> just, we will justi justify it till we're blue in the face. But it only brings the fruit of hell. It brings broken relationships. It brings broken... And the reality is, I've said this a thousand times, only God knows the hearts. <sighs> Do not ascribe motive. Um, but in the middle of that, in the middle of, of all of that, so let me just take a moment, close your eyes. If you have ridden that roller coaster, just to join me and say, Jesus, I repent for partnering with the accuser to protect myself. I receive your forgiveness. And I ask you to give me the mind of Christ. Amen. And by the way, if you've said yes to Jesus, he already gave you the mind of Christ, even if you're not using it. That's good news. You got the mind of Christ. But 
Um, in the middle of all of that, in the middle of all that, it says we, we demolish every argument and pretension, not by arguing with it, not by analyzing it, but why what? Through the knowledge of God. And we do that. What do we do? We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So what, what does that mean? What does it mean to take captive a thought? First of all, is to, to recognize it. You've got to recognize. And how will you recognize a thought that doesn't come from Jesus? Yes. In the Bible, negative. From the Bible, we, that reading of your word is going to really help. What's that? Atmosphere. Holy Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. You will know a tree by its fruit. And here's the deal. True, factual, is not a fruit of the Spirit. Accuracy is not a fruit of the Spirit. And every time I've tried to squint and try to get around that little barrier, say, yeah, but... Guess what? It has always turned out badly. I've done the research for you. Here's the thing. I, I said this last week, I think, but it, it is, this is a chemical, psychological fact. When you are in fear, you are dumb. It actually is a physical fact that the parts of your brain that actually think get turned off when you're afraid. Now, you might think you're smart, but you be dumb. It, it, this is something, listen, hear me. If, if you get nothing else, I just want you to know this is why perfect love drives out all fear. Because without fear, you can't say yes to Jesus. I mean, with fear, you can't say yes to his plans for your life. You can't partner with him. Because when you're in fear, you will partner with the devil. You will. Because he's the one who made you afraid in the first place. <sighs> And so if we can just build in this 100% suspicion that when fear is manifest, we are dumb, and that the only point way we're going to become smart is to get back to love, we'll do a thousand times better. Just right there. Just that first thing. Just recognize, stop the train. Early in our marriage, I would ride that crazy train to the end. Oh my gosh. Bless Masha. She finally started disconnecting the caboose and just letting me tail on into hell by, my, by, her, by myself. No, but I would, I would like, this is really true. And, and the problem is, it would be true to a degree. Like, these people think this about me. And then they say it. Why did they say the thing that I thought they'd say? Because the devil told me and told them. <laughs> of course the devil knows what's going on in the hearts of other people. He put it there. But that doesn't mean it's what God has. All right. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So does Paul know what this is? I, I, we don't have time to go into it. I, I'm just going to tell you this. Um, in 1 Corinthians, he's writing to the Corinthians. And what, where, what was the deal with Corinth? Corinth was a city that he came to on his second journey of churches. And he had been ministering in Asia Minor and he had a vision of a man from Macedonia calling him to come over and minister. He, he didn't have Brian and Stephanie's book to process it, but he, he, he brought it to brothers and sisters and they all agreed to send him over to um, Macedonia, over to, and so he goes over to Philippi and because he was obedient to God, everything turned out well. Because that's the sign of the presence of Jesus. 
everybody likes you and everything's good. I must have a different Bible. Because what happens? He gets over to Philippi and it's really great. Revival breaks out. It's incredible. It's amazing. Woo! Except to the point where they throw him in jail and beat them half to death. Would that traumatize you? If not, I don't know where you are. But anyway, but God, you know, they, in that place, they do the right thing. They worship and all of a sudden an earthquake comes and breaks down the thing and they get out of jail and everything's wonderful. Except they, they leave there and they go to the next town where it happens again. So they go to the next town. The first next town was Thessalonica. The next time they go to Berea, uh, and they're having this incredible Bible study time. The Bereans studied all, everything they were saying was wonderful. And what happens? The guys from Thessalonica tell them to Berea, and they run them out of town again. <sighs> Would you be questioning your prophetic word at this point? <laughs> now, now, here's the problem. In the natural, they saw revival after revival after revival. What it says in Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea is so many came to know the Lord. So many body, uh, churches were established. It was amazing. People are healed. This is incredible, right? But at the same time, they're being beaten. They're being run out of town. And Paul goes to Athens and he takes a slightly different approach. I'm, and he decides to reason with them. And you guys remember, he goes to the Areopagus and he says, you worship a God you do not know. And that sounds really good, except you'll know a tree by it. And it says this, a few people followed. And it's this point that he comes to where he says he goes from Athens to Corinth. Was he run out of Athens? No. It's the first time he wasn't run out of a town, but he left. And this is what he said. So it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. What was he afraid of? I submit to you, he was probably traumatized from what he went through in those three cities, but he was also afraid that he had sacrificed it all by reasoning rather than demonstrating the kingdom. He had gone, he had, he tried to take a safe route and he said, never again am I going to back off from what we were in worship, the cross of Christ. There's no other answer, no amount of psychology, no amount of whatever. There's nothing else. He said, I came to you. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. They were in Athens but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. He knows something about wrestling with anxiety. He knows something about wrestling with fear. And so what does he say to do with that? Okay, let's just grab your Bible. This is where we're gonna land. Philippians chapter four. Some of you are like, I knew that was where you was going. Ah, you my people. Philippians chapter four. And I want you to to, uh, you know, inscribe this on your hand. That, remember, this is the place where he was beaten. This is the place where he was thrown into the pit, where he was, I mean, just falsely accused, everything possible. And what does he say to the people in Philippi? Rejoice. Why must they rejoice? Because they need to return to their joy. They need to come back to it. Anybody ever lost your joy? What, so what if... 
the anxiety, the stress, the, the freakitude, the, the accusation in our head is less of a problem than the fact that we lost our joy. See, we're trying to solve anxiety. He's trying to bring us back to joy. He's try- we're trying to solve a problem that Jesus doesn't have. And he's trying to bring us back to the place where he is the answer. Rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again. Why? Because we weren't listening the first time. Rejoice. What does he say next? Let your gentleness be evident to all. That's such a weird verse to me, except when I realize when I'm afraid, gentle is the last thing that's on my plate. Do you know what I'm talking about? Come again. Let's talk about it. Right? When gentleness means I could be powerful, but I back off and I deny my power so that his power might be manifest in my place. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Remember when Paul, Paul was the, 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 um, the uh, prison collapsed in this earthquake and the, the jailer was going to commit suicide because he knew that if his p- prisoners escaped, he would be killed by the Romans, which would be more painful than what he was going to do to himself. So what does he do? But Paul, I don't know about you. At that point, I'd be like, that's on you. Let your gentleness in the point where he has been beaten by this, under this man, he stands there and says, don't worry about it, bro, I got you. I am gonna look out for your needs. Why? Because he looks out for mine. Gentleness says, I, he will back me up so I can look out for you. It's not, it, he's, it's not a denial. It's not like self-denial, like beating yourself. It's literally so confident that God's got you that you can look out for others. Let your gentleness... Do not be anxious about anything. Now, again, this is one of those, those verses I love to put an asterisk and say, God, you really didn't know what you were talking about. Paul, you really were clueless. And, and, and every time I'm freaking out, Jesus goes, is this as bad as being beaten to death? <laughs> well, no. Yeah, so when you say it's over, is it like being thrown in a prison and forgotten? Well, no. Then why be anxious? And this is the point where we take captive every thought and we bring it to obedience to Jesus because there's no in-between, is there, in that moment? Do you know what I'm talking about? When anxiety is to 11, if you don't do this, you'll die. If this is whatever it is, what do we have to do? We have to say, either God be proven true or every man a liar and every man a liar. It's either him or me. And I've tried it my way and it doesn't work. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, in other words, we can't afford to have a thought in our head if we haven't passed it past the scanners in heaven. Prayer and petition. Jesus, what do you, uh, this is, I'll tell you what I do. When I, I get accused, which is pretty much every day because I have the accuser on, on staff with me <laughs> in my own head. You know, he's like, hey, I'm here checking into work. No, but but also in the natural, when I've been accused, I will take the accusation to Jesus. Once I get around to realizing the fruit is not good, I will take it to Jesus. I'll say, Jesus, they said this. What do you say? This is so important. We talked about this with feedback. Jesus, what do you say? And he will set me free. He will show me what is true in it and pull that out and the rest part go. And he'll help me to walk out and get healed. But it, will, it takes out the anxiety. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, I would submit to you 
that if you and I cannot give thanks, that's the first sign that we're not walking in the peace of God. If we can't from the heart give thanks, it means that we're living in a place of lack, which is not the kingdom, and we're living from our own resources, not from his. And that's another great way to kind of test yourself. How am I doing? Am I doing it on my own, or am I doing it from him? Thanksgiving. Present your request to God. I don't know about you. Who, who here? Who, who are my people? We present our, our we, we start out with present your, uh, your request to God while we're still anxious in every situation. <laughs> Anybody? Yeah, not thankful, right? Jesus! Anybody know that prayer? <laughs> you don't love me. Don't you care if we never die, if we die, right? No, he said only when you get through that point, then bring it to God. Why? Because we'll make an idol of our request, won't we? The only way I'll be okay is if, God, you do this. God says, how about you be okay because I'm with you? Anybody know, what does Jesus say every time people are afraid? Fear not, I am with you. And they're like, yeah, but what about this? Fear not, I am with you. Can I get an upgrade? Fear not, I am with you. (laughs) I want something else. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Who needs a guard on your heart and mind? It's his peace. If you don't have his peace, trying to solve it in all these ways will not get you where you need to be. Until we come to the place of the peace of God, guarding our minds, we will keep trying to solve problems that may not exist. We'll keep trying to solve them in a way that doesn't solve them. Here's the final thing. So how, what, he, he's like, I know this is hard for you, so don't worry, I'm gonna give you a cheat sheet. You guys ready? What's the cheat sheet? Finally, brothers and sisters, in case you're curious about the things that don't, how to keep your mind on the things that are gonna bring peace, how, then whatever is true. Now this is not factual true. This is true to God's nature, true. Do you understand what I mean? Like you can just tell when something's true. Whatever is noble, this is really whatever is honorable. In other words, that's the same idea. Honor is, is that you have the right perception of the value of a thing. Whatever is truly worth, uh, worthy of honor. Whatever is right. Now this is not my rights. This is the way God intended. Whatever is pure. Whatever is lovely. Whatever is admirable. Whatever is excellent. Whatever is praiseworthy. Think about such things. Now stay with me. He didn't say think about the absence of such things. Why why do I say that? Because you can look in an impure situation and you're saying, I'm thinking about purity and therefore partner with the accuser. Did you track with me? You can see the lack of justice and partner with the accuser rather than partner with he who brings justice. This is really important because this is how the devil does bait and switch. He goes, yeah, we're going to talk about justice. The lack of it. (laughs) Anybody know what I'm talking about? And suddenly you find yourself in hell inside your ears. Think about such things and the peace of God which will guard your heart and mind. I will submit to you this, is if we hold this in Christ, 
Exactly. This is not something you do on your own. This is all empowered by Holy Spirit. If it's, see, Jesus never tells us to do something we can do on our own, but he never also never tells us something we cannot do with him. And to try to do it without him is insanity, but to live a life other than what he paid for is also insanity. If so, I want to say this. If we could have the worship team come up. I want to raise the standard. Thank you, bro. I want to raise the standard. Because oftentimes, what do, we, what do we lower the standard to? We lower the standard to the level of our feelings. We lower the standards to the people around us. We lower the standards to what we can, what we can endure, how much we can turn up the volume or turn it down. But what if God is offering us peace of mind? What if he is offering us that renewed mind that can demonstrate his will in our lives? Anybody know that the will of God would be a slight improvement over what you're walking in right now? Yes, all of us. But the only way we'll get there is if we step away from anxiety, we step away from accusation, we step away from judgment, and we step into the place of peace. Does that make sense? Let's stand. Father, Lord, if we feel condemned right now, we take that condemnation to you. Some, I just feel right now, several right now, you're feeling the accuser. I've, you gotta put, you got to put this in practice right now. Oh, yay. Merry Christmas. Take it and say, Jesus, he says this. What do you say? Jesus, I can't do that. Yes, you're right. You can't. I, I, I'm unable. That's right. Jesus, they say this. What do you say, Lord? Speak a better word.